1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I have the F and chills because this week's Real Houses of Salt Lake City gave us everything. It was an extra long episode, over an hour. We finally got to the Gen all, and here I was going into this week's Bravo programming thinking we were going to have a little bit of a breather. The Real Houses of Beverly Hills ended. I thought maybe they'd give us a little bit of a break, but they did not because we just went right into it with the Potomac reunion and then the Real Houses of Salt Lake City with the Homeland Security popping up. I mean, I felt like Celine Dion. I felt alive.
0: I'm
1: alive. And so you. Yeah! Woo! I not so good. I am so excited to break it all down and next week's looks even better, you guys. The Salt Lake City we've been waiting here, we've I've been waiting on the edge of my seat and finally I didn't even need all the homeland security stuff, although that was thrilling television. I was living just for that whole cooking class of Mary. Uh, was thrown at the Italian restaurant. I mean, that would have been enough for me, but then here comes this, uh, Jen Shah drama and the Homeland Security just hopping into Beauty Lab and Lace's 15 minute Botox parking. And I felt just more alive than ever before. And I want to start off, I mentioned that Italian dinner and I just want to quickly off the bat just get into what the fuck everybody was wearing at that, at that cooking event because it was truly shocking. First of all, Mary, I mean, Mary always looks a little bit like she's got a lot of designers on. You know, in the confessional and in the real scenes, she's got a million designers on. And I respect that. But the other women showed up to her cooking class. First of all, Jen was dropped off on a moped like Mandy Moore in Chasing Liberty. But she was dressed like Emily in Paris. I was like, what the fuck is she wearing? Then uh, Heather is dressed up in all red like Jessica Rabbit. And Lisa showed up looking like Carmen Sandiego meets drama from Entourage. And then here comes Meredith Marks looking like Trinity from The Matrix. I was like, what the fuck is going on with all of these looks? I couldn't understand. And then, of course, we do learn that Mary told everybody a different theme. I mean, Whitney was told to dress like a sexy mafia girl from a spirit Halloween store. That was the pictures that Mary sent Whitney. She sent her pictures from a spirit Halloween store, you guys. I freeze-framed it. I did. And I know those costumes. I'm a young Italian man. And that's what Mary wanted Whitney to dress like. And then meanwhile, the other women got like real chic, basically pictures of Emily in Paris from Netflix. That's what the other women were told to dress as. But it was like Whitney uh, just got some Googled pictures from Spirit Halloween and was like, that's how she's supposed to dress. Luckily, she didn't. But Mary was then pissed that she didn't. Mary's like, I tried to uh, bamboozle you. And then here you were, you weren't even bamboozled. She was pissed. But it was truly shocking seeing everyone's outfit. And honestly, seeing Mer- Meredith Marks dressed like Trinity from The Matrix and then have to put on a chef's hat, I couldn't believe my eyes. You guys, that look. Honestly, Trinity from The Motherfucking Matrix with a chef's hat on and an apron. And then the aprons—they were all given to them in a Louis Vuitton bag, and they all really thought they were Louis Vuitton. Those women opened those bags, and who amongst us won it? Because last week, last year, remember when they were all at Walter's restaurant? That old man Uh not that his age has anything to do with it. I'm sorry to just describe as, him as an old man, but he was an older gentleman. I love Walter. That was his name, right? It had a V, right? Instead of a W, it had a V and not a W. Uh Anyway, he, at that restaurant, Mary gave them all those expensive, the the designer earbuds and the whole nine. They all had a little fish tank in front of them before that meal. And so they all went into this event thinking they were getting Louis Vuitton or the designer, whatever. Mary gave them the bag and then they opened them up and they all were like, oh my God, Mary, thank you so much. Oh my God, I can't believe you did this. And then Mary's in her confessional, like I just had them um, their names put on like old aprons <laughs> I was cracking up. I mean, there were so many gems in this episode. They really thought they got designer aprons, and they didn't. Mary was like, I'm not fucking giving them designer. And uh, even the producer in the confessional was like, well, what do you mean? They were just embroidered with their names, but they're not designer? She's like, no, why why the fuck would I give them that? (laughs) I (laughs) I loved it. There were so many gems this episode. So many gems. And then, of course, the end. the end with all of that. Ah, Homeland Security. I hate to be so ha I feel like I'm so happy and somebody else is in such misery. But I was watching with a big smile on my face and I felt like I was watching a police chase. You know when you're watching the news and there's someone on the highway or like, remember the O.J. Simpson police chase? Like, that's what I felt like I was watching in real time. And here we're watching The Real Housewives, but it really felt like, I don't know, I was watching the news or something. Uh So let's go back back to the beginning. Uh, of this episode, of course, I'm talking about. And last week on the show, of course, we had that man who came in to Lisa's uh, son's Fresh Wolf event. And he said all this really cryptic stuff to Meredith about Mary. And it's like, oh, she stay away from her. Stay away from her. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And nobody really knew what to make of it, right? It was obviously very staged. And I saw Lisa on social media saying like, oh, I didn't stage that. And I was like, Lisa, you're lying to all of us. We're not that stupid. <laughs> like, I mean, I... I appreciate Lisa coming in and being the villain. Like That's what we are loving about this season with Lisa Barlow. But then I don't need you to deny it. Like We know that you obviously very clearly set this up. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is this man has since passed. I don't know if you guys saw the news. That man, his name was Cameron. May he rest in peace, but he's since passed. And uh, so I don't know. I just had to update everyone because a lot of people were sending me that news story. So I just had to give you guys that little update. We opened this week's episode... I feel like I was being such a downer. I just told you guys somebody passed, and I'm like, let's recap.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: We're going to pick it up. We're going to pick it up. We're going to get happy and peppy, and may he rest in peace, but we're going to get happy. Okay, so we open with Jen playing basketball, and every time they show Jen Shao, whether she's with Stu Chains, whether she's with the family... She, I'm looking at it through a, a a monocle. I'm looking at it through a monocle. I'm thinking, what are they showing us here? What are they trying to tell us? What are those editors, producers, the Bravo? I had uh, – what are they trying to tell us, the heads of Bravo? Because I always am looking at it from that angle because here she is just playing basketball. And I don't think we were meant to look into that scene. It was just like one of those quick scenes. But here I was watching it, taking notes, jotting down everything I could in case I need to talk to the feds. I don't know if they're going to need me to call them. I got to have 911 on speed dial, or I don't know how you get in touch with the feds. Is that how? I'm not sure. Unclear. I feel like I should know that. How do you get in touch with the feds? Do you like email them or something? What if you got a tip for the feds? I need to ask Meredith Marks. How do you get in touch with them? Because uh, I'm not even, I guess you just could call 911 or something. They have like a an email address. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, then we see Mary planning the cooking event. We do see Meredith and Jenny have a little scene where they're doing the mani petties. and Jenny wasn't invited to the cooking event. And I, I do believe that Jenny was cast as a full-time housewife after they finished filming. Because there was, it doesn't make any sense why she's not at these group events. And I would just like the Bravo people, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City producers, whoever it is, deciding on casting. I just think for season three, we need to make sure we have the cast nailed down before we start filming. So let's know going into it that Jenny's going to be a full-time housewife. Because as it stands, this season and last season, that's my big complaint. It's like, is Jenny a main housewife or is she not? I don't know. Uh, but she was wearing lots of shadow on, lots of eyeshadow, and I liked it. I liked Jenny's makeup in this Manny Petty scene. I don't know what the fuck they were talking about, but I did. She had really rosy cheeks and ni- nice eyeshadow on her face. I liked it. I liked it. Then uh, we cut to the Italian restaurant with Heather, her daughter, Heather's niece, and the husband, and they're all talking about leaving the Mormon church. And so Heather says, we should toast to burning in hell. And I love her so much. When she said, we should toast to burning in hell, you guys, I just was so happy. I just love her. I love her. She's so, she's everything to me. And then she was explaining this whole thing. So uh, in the Mormon church, there's all these layers or these levels. She said, celestial is like the highest. That's like the the guy from the Book of Mormon or whatever. You know, Forgive me. The guy, wasn't Book of Mormon based on that guy, John Smith, or is that his name? I don't know. But then, right after Celestial, then it's Terrestrial, right? Am I getting that right? Terrestrial, like E.T., phone home, Terrestrial. So that kind of person is like Elisa Barlow. Then we get to Telestial, T-E-L, like television, not like E.T., and that's someone like Jeffrey Dahmer. And then Heather says the very bottom layer is like the outer darkness, and she says, that's like me, the outer darkness, And I am so happy that our dear Heather Gay is leaving this church because it sounds like a nightmare. And forgive me, I don't mean to judge. I don't want to judge anyone's religion. Uh, Forgive me all the Mormons who are listening. You know, God bless. Uh, But it seems like the right move for Heather Gay. And so that's what I want to say. Maybe it works for some of you out there. I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the religion, so forgive me. They do talk about how the niece and the hubby, when they left the religion, they had a shot of vodka when they left. And I was really happy for them. I thought, good for you guys having a little shot and I find it all very fascinating because, again, I'm just not super familiar with the Mormon religion. And Heather even says when she was a bridesmaid in the sister's wedding, because of Mormonism, she had to wear a different outfit. And I'll be honest with you guys, you know how I feel about weddings. I think the whole wedding industry is a big cracker. You know what, cracker? Shit, shit. Because I think they just uh, they bamboozle all of us into doing all these things that people don't actually want to do, and then becomes about the wedding and not the marriage. Uh, that's how I feel about the whole thing. I love marriage. I just don't like the wedding part. Uh, but Heather and the bridesmaids thing, I don't like when bridesmaids are all dressed the same. It bothers me. And I also understand the bride wants to stick out, and that's the point of why the bridesmaids all have to wear some ugly-ass dress that looks different than the bride. But if I was doing the traditional wedding, I love when they do a different bridesmaids dress like they did in the Sex and the City movie. That's what I think everyone should do for a wedding. Ladies, if you're out there, if you're about to get married, let the bridesmaids wear what they want. I do think that you should tell the bridesmaids, like, don't wear white. Okay? Like, just don't put on white. Don't put on red. You guys know Candace Cameron Bray? She was just on Instagram. People were yelling at her because she wore red to somebody's wedding. And they said, you can't wear red at a wedding, which I had never heard before. I saw this news story on E! I don't actually follow Candace Cameron Bray. Uh, But I saw it on E! and I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was the thing. So you do learn things by following the E! Instagram account, like you're not supposed to wear red to a wedding. And so I understand saying to the bridesmaids, maybe don't wear red or white, but anything else is – and maybe don't have the bubbies out, right? Like I don't – you don't want to draw too much focus. If you're the bride, you don't want the bridesmaids to just have their tits out and then everybody's looking at the bubbies. Like that's not something you need either. I'm just saying, I think color-wise, I don't like the color coordination of it. That's just me. Maybe some of you like it. I don't know. I I just appreciate when I see a wedding party and everybody's got a different thing on. I'm like, oh, that looks nice. It's different. Uh, So then what's going on? Uh, We have, yeah, that whole thing. Heather's solo stuff is really interesting to me. She's really good on camera. Sometimes on The Housewives, I don't like when the women are doing their solo scenes. I get bored real easy. But something with Heather Gay, I'm like into it. I just heard talking about Mormonism. I'm interested. Then we cut to Stu Chains and Jen uh, doing some snowshoeing. Jen said her therapist told her to spend quality time with people. And I thought, what did the therapist know?
0: Mary, did you know?
1: What did the therapist know? I don't know the therapist's name is Mary, but what did the therapist know? Because the therapist said, you need to spend time with people. And I'm thinking, did the therapist know she was going to get locked away? Was it the therapist who called the feds and the FBI and the Homeland Security? Like, what's the truth?
0: I have the no. f-
1: chill. No. Maybe we need to get a look into this therapist because I think that therapist we're all looking into Meredith Marks and Brooks thinking they call the feds. But maybe it was this therapist because that seems like something you would say if you knew the person was gonna get locked up. And then a Jen says to Stu, "I envy because you're with your kids every day, but I sacrifice for this business so people like you and other people can eat." She's telling him, and this was she was trying to, I think, bamboozle Stu Chains. And I don't know if they're in cahoots still, Stu Chains and Jen. I don't Jen Shaw. I don't know if they're still in cahoots or if they're still good after all of these allegations and the Homeland Security at the beauty lab and laser and the whole nine. I'm not sure, but. I wouldn't be surprised if they're broken up now. And I want to hear from Stu Chains now. I want to know what's going on between that relationship. Because I think she was really trying to trick him into thinking, like, into saying good things about her. And then I thought, like, did she know anything at that point? I don't know. I don't know. She says she did thank him for sticking with her. But then she said, I take sacrifice to take care of you and your family. It was just, I thought it was like mental or emotional trickery. That's what I was feeling. I was feeling it was trickery. Maybe I was reading into it. Maybe I was reading into it. But then Stu said, I'll always be there for you, and you'll always be there for me. I don't know if I believe that. We'll see after the courts get a hold of that. Those two. We'll see what happens then. I don't know. Well, TBD. TBD. Uh, then, uh let's see. Stu, Jen says, Stu has a quality you can't teach people. And I was like, yeah, what's that quality, being a criminal? <laughs> Ladies, am I right? That's what I was thinking she was saying. Because... uh I think they're in, I don't know, they're in cahoots and I don't know how much they knew, how much they knew they were being criminals. I don't know if they were even aware of it. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We're going to have to watch this unfold, watch what happens live on the real house of Salt Lake City because I don't know. So then we cut to the Culinary Institute. We meet this woman named Lori who just seemed like a gem of a woman. She was the woman in charge. She seemed so chipper. They had ever, they had napkins with everyone's, okay we're going to talk about this for at least 75 minutes because Mary got everyone's Italian names and put them on napkins. Now, I kept reminding this cuz I was very confused, you guys. So, let's just let's just everyone sit tight. If you're driving, pull over cuz we have to break this down. So, she called everyone and said, "What's your name in Italian?" But, okay. If you're your name's just your name. This reminded me of, like, high school Spanish class. I don't know if you guys did this in your high school Spanish classes, but when I was in high school, I took a Spanish class, and they gave us a Spanish name. And you just got to pick your Spanish name. So I was Raul. So I remember my Spanish teacher, she always called me Raulzi. Raulzi. Now, Raul has nothing to do with the name Danny. It was just we picked a name, which, come to think of it, I believe is maybe offensive, but that's what we did in Ohio Spanish class, okay? So sue me. It wasn't my idea. I just went along with it. I had to for the letter grade. So I don't—was Is it was it offensive that we're just picking other names? Because wouldn't your names would be the same? I mean, I know culturally people have different names, but I, even in the Italian world, are we—would we—I would still be Danny in Italian, right? Because my name is Danny, so I imagine all these women, when Mary reached out and was like, give me your Italian name, they're like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> then Adder uh, was Erica. Mary was Maria, but then Whitney was just, Wh- I, none of it made any sense to me. And ma- maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there is like a direct translation from Whitney to, and may, uh, am I just getting it wrong? But if your name's something, that's your name. So it's not like a word that's translated. It's a name. Am I crazy? Maybe I'm like, I I might be missing something. You know, sometimes you guys reach out and yell at me. I get something wrong. I get it. You yell at the, you yell at your phone or wherever you're listening to this podcast, you get mad. And I know you just got to let it go because whenever I get something wrong, you all reach out to me. And that we just, I I appreciate everyone reaching out. But sometimes when I get something wrong, it's like I'll get a hundred messages yelling at me. So I don't want to be yelled at. I just feel like I must be missing something. I must be missing something. Anyway, I really can't get over Meredith Marks' Trinity from The Matrix. Like, guys, I just can't. I mean, that outfit, and I love Meredith's outfit. It looked so chic and wonderful. But just to cook was so strange to me with the apron on and the hat. And, the, and you know she didn't want to wear that, you guys. Every time I see Meredith in one of these scenes, I just feel like Meredith is like so chic. And I just don't imagine Meredith. <laughs> Every time they asked her to do something like tubing... Or a cooking class. I'm like, Meredith would never do that. Like, she would just... I believe Meredith is, like, the chicest of all the housewives. Even amongst the other franchises, I do believe that. Meredith, has. she has this air about her, like, almost... Not, like, regal, but, like, a chic. That's the only word I could think of. She just reminds me of chic. And so, when they make her do these, like, very traditional housewife things, it just seems like she would never do that. And, like, you know she hates doing it. And then like she doesn't want to be cooking she doesn't want to be tubing she probably don't even want to go to bail with these women she's a chic woman she's not interested uh but she's got to do it she's doing it and so god bless so again whitney showed up uh, not in the spirit halloween store costume that mary wanted her to wear uh but she showed up anyway they all got the aprons and there was this weird voiceover about like where somebody said was jenny invited and somebody said no and I think that was added after the fact. I don't think Jenny was even filming at this time. Although later in the later at the cooking scene, they did seem to talk about Jenny for a minute. But I was actually thinking that they filmed this in a weird time frame. And then like, you know how they do is slice and they put certain scenes that happen before another scene and they kind of trick us. I kind of felt like that was happening with Jenny, because I'm like, why wasn't Jenny there? And I know Jenny wasn't getting along with Mary. And then they also filmed that weird scene where Jenny was making yogurt with the kids. And I've never seen anyone make yogurt, too. I was like, oh, my God, should I be making yogurt at home? I buy the fahe, and do I need to be making my own yogurt, or do I need to be buying fahe? I don't know about you guys, but when I go to buy yogurt at the grocery store, that could be a whole hour and a half out of my day. There are so many fucking yogurt options at the grocery store. When will it end? And I get confused. I'm looking at the label. I think something's healthy. And then I look at the label and it's got like 75 grams of sugar. And I'm like, why is there 75 grams of sugar in this half a cup of yogurt? And I like the ones that are all sugary, and then sometimes I get home and I get one that's too sugary, and then other times I get home and I get one that's not sugary enough. I'm like, where's the sweetener? And you got to put you know, your own honey in, you got to put your own fruit in, the whole granola in. But it's so stressful buying a fucking yogurt at the grocery store these days. There's too many brands, and I'm not the kind of person who thinks there should be a monopoly on any sort of product. I think it's nice to have a variation, but there's too much variety in the yogurt world because I can't understand and now, I used to at least know Jamie Lee Curtis would tell me to get the one that makes his shit. Now she's not even doing those commercials anymore. I'm like, well, she's not doing the commercial anymore. Am I supposed to buy the one that makes his shit, the Activia? John Stamos, I'll listen to him whenever he tells me to do anything. He's a gorgeous man. I want to look like he's looking. And he used to do the Fahe, but now I don't think he's the Fahe guy anymore. I think he might have moved. Or wasn't he Oikos? And then he was Oikos. Was he Fahe and then Oikos? Or were they the same? I don't know, you guys. There's too many yogurts. There's just too many yogurts, and you guys know that. You know it. You know it. Ladies, you guys go out there shopping, trying to buy yogurt. Now, can you imagine doing it for kids? Because kids, you want to get something healthy for me. You don't want something that's too processed, too much sugar. Uh, it's so much. And granolas, too. They're getting real fast and loose with the granolas because I noticed that we're getting the seasonal granolas that are the pumpkin-flavored. We're getting cinnamon ones, and the granolas are the same exact thing. You look at the label – and some granolas look like they're all natural. And then the other ones got, they just throw in like cups and cups of sugar. And I'm reading the nutrition. I'm like, I don't know what fucking granola to buy anymore. Don't know what fucking granola, what yogurt to buy. I'm just trying to have a balanced breakfast. And it's like, that's why you might as well just buy a fucking candy bar. Like just give me a Snickers for breakfast. Because at this point, I can't tell how much sugar's in all of these things that I'm supposed to make for my breakfast. God damn it. Excuse my language. I shouldn't have said that. I'm just, I'm pissed about the yogurts. Now I got worked up about the yogurt. And now I'm watching Jenny on the show and I'm like, maybe I need to be making my own fucking yogurt so I know what's in it. (sighs) I'm stressed. Okay, so then back to the cooking class. She, oh, Mary was doing a lot of Italian work. She was doing a lot of like, buongiorno, and we saw her in the other episode. And I really got to thinking, I don't know if you guys saw this announcement, but Chris Pratt Chris Pratt, who I'm not a big fan of, Chris Pratt, forgive me, uh, but he's playing the voice of Mario in the Super Mario War- in the new Super Mario animated film. He's also playing the voice of Garfield, my dear cat, who loves lasagna. And I mean, I'm offended by both of these casting choices. But I would just politely recommend the Nintendo people, Universal, who I think is producing the Super Mario movie. Let's get Mary in there. Let's get Mary. It's not too late to re-record the Super Mario movie and put Mary in. Let her play the voice of Mario. Because I don't know, when I think of Italian plumber, I don't think of Chris Pratt. But I sort of think of Mary Cosby from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City now. Because she's doing every week we're getting this Italian. She's giving us Bongiornos and all of that. So I could picture Mary Cosby on screen, on the big screen, yelling, It's-a me, Mario! I mean, wouldn't we love that? I would go buy a ticket to that movie it's a me, a Mario. Just Mary Cosby. That's good. I could see that way, way sooner than I could see Chris Pratt yelling, it's a me, Mario. I mean, you know, Chris Pratt's going to be behind the microphone like, it's me, Mario. Like that ain't Italian. I'm going to need an Italian in that role. And I need a fat cat for Garfield. I don't know. I, I don't picture Chris Pratt as a fat cat who loves lasagna. And I love Garfield, you guys. I was raised on Garfield Comics. When I was a kid, I had all those books. Remember he had the books? He always hated the Mondays. Who amongst us didn't? Loves to eat, hates Mondays. Come on. That's relatable. That's so relatable. And so I don't know. Couldn't we have given that role? Does Chris Brad have to voice all of these infamous characters? Can't we just let somebody else do it? I mean, at least for Mario, we should get an Italian. Get Joy Behar in there. And if we're not going to get uh, an actual Italian, let's get Mary Cosby. Cause I don't believe that she is Italian, but at least I'm seeing her with the bonjour nose. Okay. And Garfield, I don't know. Ugh, I'd like a housewife in that role too. Kyle Richards. I saw her. She was good in Halloween kills. Let's give her a shot at Garfield. Honestly. Doesn't Chris Hatt- Pratt has enough high budget movies? We don't need to be giving him every uh, voiceover role. He gets to be in the Lego movie and then now he's Garfield and now he's Mario. <laughs> Let Kyle Richards or Kim Richards or even Kathy Hilton, Garcelle, I don't know, let's get any of these housewives who act. Give them a chance. They don't get any shots these big roles, but then Chris Pratt gets to roll out of bed and throw in an Italian accent and start shouting in the microphone about love and lasagna. I mean, come on. And I grew up also on the Garfield movies with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Bill Murray. And I'm sorry, but maybe Jennifer Love Hewitt should play Garfield. We got to see her play the, the live action role, but maybe she should voice Garfield. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting mad. What am I mad? I'm mad about yogurt and Garfield today on the show. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so let's see. Oh, Mary, She while they're cooking, Mary says, if you beat it fast enough, does it make it tough? And here's what I do want to say. Sometimes I love Bravo. I love it. I have a whole show talking about Bravo because we love the Bravos. But this clip of Mary saying, if you beat it, does it get tough or whatever? They played that clip a hundred fucking times. A hundred fucking times. And I was just like, enough. I've seen it. They ruined the joke because they showed it to me in the season trailer. And then they showed it to me in last week's trailer. Then they showed it to me in the coming up on The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. Every second they were showing me that one clip as if it was like comedic gold. And I just thought, can we like scale it back? Bravo! Maybe just we don't need to show us that one line of dialogue a hundred times. Just like scale it back because uh, it was a funny line, and I think if I hadn't seen it a hundred times, I think maybe I would have really liked it. But it just they kept showing it, kept showing it, kept showing it, and I was like, they ruined the line. I was like, look what they did. They ruined the line.
0: Look what you did, you little jerk! I was
1: a so man. I was so mad at them. I love them. I love them. I hate when I talk bad about the Bravo editors, producers, because they're so brilliant. They deserve Peabody's, if I'm being honest. Uh, But that was one screw up. And I hate to point it out. But you know, I got to be critical. I'm a critic. I'm a critic. I'm not really a critic. But I guess I guess this show is sort of criticism, right? I mean, I did talk about yogurt for 20 minutes. But I still feel like I have to be critical. Otherwise, you guys yell at me too. you say you're kissing Bravo's ass. You're kissing Bravo's ass, Danny. And I'm like, no, I just, I got to be honest. And so when I when I see something I don't like, I got to say something. When you see something, say something. I calls it like I sees it. So I got to say Bravo. Maybe stop playing that one little clip over and over again, because you ruin the joke. You ruin the joke. We got to take a quick break here. I want to remind everyone to pre-order my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? There are links in the episode description for pre-order. It comes out March 8th of next year. I want to thank ACAST for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to ACAST.com slash Everything Iconic. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. That's one month for just $1 at Shopify.com slash Everything Iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Everything Iconic. Look, the weather's getting warmer personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow knit activewear, and the best part, Sixty-five day returns. That's quince, dot com slash iconic. To get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Uh, Okay, so then also Mary said, I I really think instead of saying it's culinary, I think she said that's culminary. Did I catch that? I really feel like she said that's culminary. Culminary. I think she made up a word there. It didn't make any sense. She said that's culminary. It was really, honestly, a little bit...
0: you what the French call les incompetents.
1: It was a little what? bit... What? <laughs> that was from Home Alone. It was a little bit les incompetents. Les incompetents, as the French say. Uh, I added that. I'm adding, like, holiday... We're going to add holiday sound effects to the soundboard. So we're putting Home Alone on here. We're getting the holiday sound effects. So we're getting in the season. You know, in the holiday spirit year-round, but especially once we hit November... I got my jingle bells on, you guys, so back the fuck up, because I'm jingle belling until the new year, past the new year. I'm watching my Hallmark movies, I got my holiday spinoff podcast, you can listen to that. I love the holidays, and so we're putting some holiday sound effects on this soundboard. So, don't get mad. Don't get mad, hop on board or hop off. Hop on the Polar Express or hop off. <laughs> that creepy fucking movie with Tom Hanks. I'll never forgive him for that film. That film still to this day I get nightmares. They didn't need to do that in animation that way. Honestly, those faces of Tom Hanks, how do you fucking screw up Tom Hanks's face? That gorgeous, charismatic man. Charismatic man. I mean, if anyone should be playing Garfield, it should be him because that's an American icon. Uh they both are. Tom Hanks and Garfield. And so that's perfect casting. Uh, but I will never forgive when they made Tom Hanks look like that in the Polar Express and those kids. Oh, oh, I get the chills. I get the fucking chills thinking about the Polar Express.
0: I have the no, f- chills.
1: No. Not the good kind of chills. <laughs> uh, okay, what are we talking about? Oh, then Mary and Whitney are fighting. They're fighting about the phone call. Because Mary tried calling Whitney. And Whitney was in a school pickup picking up the kids and didn't call her back. Whitney says she called her back in a couple hours. But uh, Mary says that she didn't call her back. And then Mary apparently sent a bunch of texts to Whitney. And I understand, like, Whitney, they're all very much afraid of Mary. It's all very clear. I don't know if Mary knows something.
0: Mary, did you know?
1: Or if they're all just afraid because Mary runs this very successful church. I'm not sure. Maybe it's because she's going to send Jesus after him. Uh, we don't know. But the truth is, they're all very clearly afraid of Mary, and Whitney's always been sticking up for Mary, and now uh, Mary has turned on Whitney for some reason. And so, he was crying. She got off and talked to Meredith about it, and they were talking about all that man that went up to Meredith and the whole thing with the church and everything, and there's obviously all some demons that are coming out of the closet, coming out of Mary's closet that she spent season one in. We're going to see these demons play out over the rest of the season, and it is thrilling to watch but I am a little nervous to cover it because, you guys, I don't want her to send Jesus after me. And I don't understand. I, I, but I, I, I'm nervous to say anything about it. I'm nervous to say anything about it. I don't want to curse on me. I don't want Jesus after me. Jesus is already after me for second dick. Okay? I don't need him after me for this. i worried about Jesus enough. When I came out of the closet, I was raised Catholic. And I was raised to think you can't be gay. And so now I'm already concerned Jesus is after me. And now I got to worry about saying something about Mary on this podcast. I'm nervous. I'm all nerved up, as my grandmother would say. So then, what else is going on? Oh, they, then they talk about Carmen San Diego, uh, aka Lisa Barlow, was taught was mad because the women are mad that they weren't invited to the event. Because Whitney says to Lisa Barlow, "Sorry, I had to miss the Fresh Wolf event." And they're all like, I wasn't invited. And then Lisa's like, it was about me being a mother and my kids. It was my son's event. It was his event. I didn't do it. It was all Jack's event. And I'm not going to apologize for my son and his event. I'm a mother. It was about me being a mother. And it's like, I thought it was about shampoo, men's shampoo. And now she's saying that Fresh Wolf event was about her being a mother. <laughs> what in the fuck does that mean? She said it was his event. And I was like, Heather correctly pointed out, she's like, so your son, Jack, didn't want Jen there? And I was like, ooh, Heather got her. Heather <laughs> Heather got her. Get her, Heather. Get her. Get her. I've had too much caffeine. I feel like I just had the, the full sugar yogurt. Honestly. Get her, Heather. Why am I shouting, get her, Heather? I swear, people, you guys, sometimes I, I record right by my window. And there's people that, walk well, live in a big apartment building, there's people walk by the window and probably think I'm crazy just yelling, get her, Heather. Anyway, Whitney then gets mad at Lisa. Because they're talking about how Whitney had given that one guy who was, like, releasing the audio about Jen Shaw, give him product, and then Jen Shaw was talking to Whitney about whether or not he gave the product, and then Whitney is like, you planted that bug! You know, Whitney's getting real worked up about Lisa because Whitney and Lisa hate each other. And she's like, you planted that bug! You set me up! You set me up! You planted that bug! Whitney always speaks in like these big, broad things, and it's like we're talking about Real Housewives, and Whitney's always like, you planted that bug, You're this is a setup, and I, I love it, I love it, but Lisa's so sneaky and a villain, and I love it, I love it, and Meredith tries to jump into this argument, because she needs some camera time, she's not doing anything, just over there, dodging bullets like Trinity from The Matrix, uh, in the corner, not in frame, and so Meredith speaks up, she said, sometimes people are invited to things, and sometimes not, sometimes not. And Lisa again says, "I'm so happy with my children. This event was about my kid, not Jen. I'm done. I'm done. This is about this is about my kid. I'm a mother." Meanwhile, Mary's just decides to cheers. She cheers as to listening to, and accepting, but then she's not going to accept Whitney. She goes after her right away. And Mary, it's kind of nuts. I mean, she, Mary, and I I love watching her. I love watching me some Mary Cosby. And again, I'd like her to play Garfield in the live action film or in the animated film. Uh, but she's definitely a little bit insane, right? And Whitney says she loves Mary, and I was like, "Do you really love Mary, or are you just afraid of her?" But they all pretend; they're all pretending. And Mary calls Whitney a bobblehead. She said, "You look like a bobblehead, you guys. You look right like a bobblehead." She said,
0: "I have the chill." No,
1: f- no. can't believe she said that. And then, again, Whitney says she called her two, two hours later after she got the call. And then Mary texted her a bunch of awful things about her looks and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was mean. I was like, Mary. And then also, why didn't the Bravo people show us these texts? We heard Whitney saying it, but I like to see it on the screen for myself. So that's another I hate to complain again about the Bravo editors, but I just feel like we should have seen those texts. I feel like we should have seen it. And then, uh, yeah, that's when Meredith and Whitney, they go have their conversation about the man from the church and how she was shook up and Whitney's crying. Meredith did serve us one line where I really thought she deserved an Academy Award, you guys. Uh, Meredith said to Whitney when they were talking about Mary's church, uh, Meredith said, it completely shook me up, completely rattled me. And I just have to point out that line itself wasn't that interesting, But her delivery, the line reading that Meredith gave, truly one of the – go back and look at it. I need to get the clip. Go back and look. That line reading was one of the best I have ever seen on The Housewives. And she said, it completely shook me up, completely rattled me. Where's her Academy Award? I mean, honestly, it was – that line reading was everything. And then uh, Whitney says, all gloves are off then on Mary, she says. They went back to the dinner table. Then we cut to three days later. That would have been a whole great episode, you guys. This I would have been happy if the episode ended right there. But we didn't even get to the heart of it. We didn't even get to the meat of it. Not even the good stuff. <sighs> I just feel blessed. I feel good. I feel blessed. I was worried Beverly Hills is ending. And now I'm like, oh, fuck Beverly Hills. I'm done. I'm done because we have Salt Lake City now. We and and Potomac reunions delivering too, by the way. Um, okay, so then we get three days later, Meredith's already in Aspen. See all the women packing for veil. Jen doesn't know she's not going to veil. We see her packing for veil, you guys, and then we know as the viewers, she ain't even gonna make it to veil. I
0: have the
1: no. F- no. She ain't even gonna make it because Homeland Security's gonna hop on over to Beauty Lab and laser 15 minute Botox parking and get her before she's able to get to veil. So we get to the beauty lab and laser. Kevin, the driver, doesn't even know what he's getting into, you guys. When I saw Kevin, the driver, didn't we not love it when we saw Kevin, the driver? He's the one driving that big old bus, that big old party bus. Ah, When I saw Kevin and we got the lower thirds, Kevin, the driver, I was like, what does that man know? He, I mean, that man, the things that he has seen, I think we should give him a confessional next week we need to give him What is? what did he think of this whole thing let's get him on the pod I'm sure someone will have him on an interview or something because Kevin, he's seen a lot I feel like he's seen a lot and I, guys, I just feel good I feel good Kevin, the driver at Beauty Lab and Laser Mary, meanwhile, is flying private because she's trying to avoid Whitney she's flying private it's like, Mary, what did Mary know? again, what did Mary know?
0: Mary, did
1: you know? I think the feds gave Mary a heads up. I do. Maybe they call me crazy. I think one of the feds, I don't know, some man at uh, FBI HQ called up Mary and said, Hey Mayor, don't get on that bus because the FBI feds are going there. And Mary's like, Okay, I'll fly private. Because even there was something really ominous about the way Mary was on FaceTime. Did you guys see that? They I think Heather or somebody FaceTime Mary from the bus. And the FaceTime was just pointing at the ceiling. We heard Mary's voice, but we saw it at the ceiling. And I believe maybe Mary was sitting with someone from the, the Homeland Security or something. I'm not sure, but I think something was going on. Something was fishy there. I think Mary knew. I do believe she didn't show up on the bus. And then that FaceTime was all off. And maybe Mary was just like my mother, doesn't know how to work at the FaceTime. You know, sometimes I call my mother and I see the FaceTime. And I'm like trying to tell her, Ma, you need to turn the camera around or put it on your face. She'll she'll answer, Dan, I could see you, but can you see me? It's like, no, mom, I see like your feet. (laughs) Or I see the table or something. It's like my mom does, Linda can't work the FaceTime. God bless. Uh, But Mary, I think it was more something about it. I don't know. I felt like maybe she knew. I felt like maybe she knew. So they're all loading up their luggage in the other van because there's going to, they're all going to be on this big ass bus. Jenny's even showing up, which, you know, Jenny hasn't been to a lot of this stuff, but here's Jenny showing up. They're all putting the luggage in the other van and then Jen gets a call. Jen gets a call on the phone she says I need to go to the house. Hold on one second. And she decides to get off the bus. She tells Whitney to turn off the microphone and she leaves. They she leaves and they're filming it. As we're seeing all this stuff play out, we're seeing like people set up the cameras, so we're getting that fourth wall is just coming down. So we're seeing the producers there. We're seeing the everyone getting ready for this trip. We see the cameraman on the bus. They're filming then Jen on her phone, and she tells her friend. she says, I have some bad news. Sharif Sr.'s in the hospital with internal bleeding. Now, I don't know if this was my upbringing, but I felt like Catholic guilt. I don't know about you guys, but you can't say that. You can't say that. You can't just make up health problems with people. When you're lying, I don't know if that's just me. Are you guys like that? That was the real smoking gun to me. I was ready to call up the feds myself, ready to call up the FBI, shoot them an email, or Uh, write him on twitter and instagram or something because i thought that was a smoking gun when she was saying Sharif senior's got the internal bleeding i'm like you can't lie about that that is unacceptable to just say he's got internal bleeding and then what's shereef Senior seeing? and he's watching this episode you guys he's probably pissed saying why did you say i had internal bleeding look what you did you little jerk like why would you say that because i think that's like putting a curse on I'm not super religious again, but I still feel like maybe there's some sort of curse that happens when you say that, oh, this happened, when you lie about someone's health. I just, I don't do that. I don't fuck with that. I'll tell a lie, but not like that. I'm a bad liar because I will not. I would feel so guilty. I would have so much Catholic guilt if I were to just tell people like, oh, someone so had internal bleeding. Ugh, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I would always think it's gonna come true. I don't know, she should have made up some other lie. She could have just said, Oh, I I have an emergency and I don't want to talk about it on camera. Or remember in high school when girls would say they had their period to get out of gym class? Couldn't she have said something like that, like, Oh, I got my period, I gotta go? And I, mean, I don't know. That's how people used to get out of gym class in the eighth grade. I remember. I tried to use it myself, didn't work. But that's how you get out of things. I just say you don't want to film. Just say, I can't, this is too serious. I don't, I don't want to talk about it on camera, something. But instead, she was telling everyone his internal bleeding, Shreve Sr., internal bleeding. And she lied right to Heather's face. I just felt like she should have said, can't talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. I, I got to go. Good luck. I'll see you in Aspen, or I'll I'll text you, or I'll call you, whatever. She lied right to all their faces. And here comes Heather Gay defending her. I saw Heather Gay on Watch What Happens Live Defend Jen. And I actually, I think I've told you guys before, I understand Heather really defending Jen Shaw because Heather's a ride-or-die, and I think that is, in a weird way, a good quality in someone. Although this is a little bit different situation, I will say, because there is some federal investigations involved, so I don't know that you always need to have someone's back. But I do appreciate that Heather's a ride-or-die. Uh, However, she was just lying to her face, and I know that Jen was trying to protect herself, but I just felt like she should have lied in a different way. In a different way. So then Jen tells everyone, and she leaves. They all worry. They're all like, what's going on? She leaves in her aunt's car, and they decide to wait. They're all sitting around in this bus, and they're like, should we wait? Maybe she'll come back. Maybe we should see if she would come back and see what's going on at the hospital. Maybe we'll text her, call her. And then 12 minutes later, 12 minutes later, it says on the screen.
0: I have the... (sighs)
1: no. <sighs> uh, you guys, can we take a moment Just of silence to just recognize this episode And how good it is Because when we see the timestamps You know, in the history of Housewives When we see the timestamp, It just says 12 minutes later uh, I, It's like everything My whole, everything just calms down in my body And I just feel at peace and at one with the earth I know other people They do yoga or meditate outside But when I'm watching a good-ass Housewives episode That's when I feel most at center because when they said 12 minutes later, that I just felt like all of me, all of me, just calmed down and relaxed and felt good. In my soul, in my universe, I felt good when it said 12 minutes later. And Heather said, let's just think positive. Ugh, you guys, she said, let's just think positive. And I thought you shouldn't be thinking positive because Homeland Security's here at the Beauty Lab and Laser 15-minute Botox parking to get your friend who's on the run. Ah, then they ask about Jen. So this Homeland Security comes up. They're all looking for Jen Xia, and they're all blurred out. But I was so happy because, you guys, they were outside. So if this all happened indoors, so let's just all imagine that we were inside the Beauty Lab and Laser. Maybe that's where they were all meeting or they were having a scene inside. I don't think we would have had all this footage. But the fact is, they were all at this car, which is outside. So you're allowed to film outside. So I think that's why Bravo's allowed to show the Homeland Security and stuff. But if it was indoors, I believe. Forgive me. Maybe someone in production could correct me. But I believe outdoors, you're allowed to film anything without you can. You have to blur out the faces, I believe. But you're allowed to film it and show it and air it because it's outdoor public property. But if we were indoors on private property, I don't. I could be wrong about this. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. But I think that's why we were able to see it blurred out faces. And I didn't think they blurred out the voices. Although I did have to wonder. Did they have to blur out the voices and then redub them? Like, did producers have to redub the Homeland Security people's voices? Or did they just have to blur out their faces, but the voices were okay? Uh, unclear. And I wonder if there was any talk about that. Maybe they had to decide. Did they want to use like Charlie Brown voices on Homeland Security? So then we just heard them saying, wah, 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 or whatever. I didn't do a good Charlie Brown impression, but you know, was that a discussion at Bravo HQ? Like, do we play their voices or do they redub the voices? Did they bring in someone, a voiceover actor? Hopefully not Chris Pratt. Uh, I don't know. I'm don't. i I'm not sure how that all worked. I don't know the logistics of it, but I loved it. I loved it. And so they're all asking, Heather's like, what does HSI stand for? And they're like Homeland Security or whatever. And Heather's like, well, what the fuck? And then meanwhile, Whitney, or I think Lisa thought it was a prank. She's like, something's weird. Lisa's in the bus. Something's weird. And I was like, <laughs> Something's weird. That's what Lisa was just shouting in the bus. She's and then, when she finally realized, like, it wasn't a prank, she's like, You guys, I'm gonna puke. Something's weird. And it's like, No shit, Lisa. No shit. <laughs> I love her. I love Lisa Barlow. I do on the show. And then. Uh, Lisa and Whitney finally do catch on that they're looking for Jen. And I don't know, it felt like Lisa and Jen knew something. When they seem, when they finally caught on that the Homeland Security was there at the 15-minute Botox Park in Beauty Lab and Laser to find Jen, who's on the run, something clicked within Lisa and Whitney where I almost felt like they knew something. It's It too easily came to them that they were like, oh, they're looking for Jen. Did anyone feel that way? I felt like there was just this moment where they're like, oh, they're, she's on the run, they're looking for her. And I thought, they must know something that we don't. They must know that this is like a whole shady business or something. Allegedly. All of this is alleged. Everything on this episode was alleged. Because I don't want them coming after me. I don't want Jesus after me. I don't want the feds after me. Nobody. So then Lisa does call Stew Chains. And Heather's like, what if she is on the run? Something's weird. Something's weird. And then they do it To Be Continued. And for the first time in forever, in the words of the Frozen soundtrack, for the first time in forever, I finally thought that To Be Continued was well-placed. Because you know my complaint is that the To Be Continued, they use it way too often. They use it willy-nilly at any given moment. Every episode I've been watching The Housewives, something will end, and they'll say To Be Continued. And I always say, I'm like, you guys need to stop that, because it's too much, because it's stressing me out. Because every episode, and I feel like it loses a lot of the impact when they show us a to be continued on something that's not that interesting. But finally, when they gave us the to be continued, you guys, I got the fucking chills. I have the
0: no. chills.
1: No. Because that's when you use it. That's when you save it for moments like that, and then it gives the impact of the episode. It gives it an oomph. It gives it a period, an exclamation point. It gives us something good to go with, you guys. I just feel... I feel great. I feel like they edited the shit out of this episode. They gave it all to us, laid it all on the line, laid it all out there. The gals gave us so much. We got Lisa and Jenny and uh, Heather and Whitney on the bus, giving us everything. Jen on the run, even Jen on the run. You guys, I got to say that was thrilling TV. She's, I got to give it up to Jen Shaw for bamboozling all those people on a telemarketing scheme because it really made for some good TV. And I'm not saying that uh, we should all be celebrating this potential criminal I'm just saying, for now, for the moment, I want to say it makes good TV. And do I feel like a good person saying that? No, I certainly don't. But I watched it uh, with fucking chills the whole time. So I'm sorry, you guys. I I, I apologize. I shouldn't be celebrating someone uh, doing such horrific alleged crimes, bamboozling people over a telemarketing scheme. But I got to say, it was great TV. So, I mean, the, laws, the courts will figure it out. I got to have faith. Gotta believe that the world is ultimately good and that the courts will figure it out and justice will come, blah, blah, blah. But for now, I just gotta say we gotta uh, enjoy our reality TV. Cause we all need some, we all need to relax. We all need some joy in our lives and we gotta, we gotta find it where we can, especially these days. We've been through such a year, two years, year and a half. I don't know how long it's been with this COVID and everything. Got a lot going on. So we gotta take the wins where we could get them. So again, I do not feel for good about it. I do not support the type of behavior that she's allegedly being tried for. Uh, but I do support a good episode of reality TV. Ladies, am I right? I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that Only from Rustolium. Anyway, you guys, that's the real house of Salt Lake City. I can't wait. We're going to be back next week, and it looks even better. And I heard next week's even better from people that uh, I know over at Bravo HQ. They're telling me next week's show is even better, even better, which I can't even imagine. Even better, even better.
0: I'm alive, and so are you. Woo,
1: guys just even better. I can't even believe it. And then, then we had this uh, Real Houses Potomac reunion, which I thought was fantastic. You guys know I do not normally recap the reunions. We made an exception for Beverly Hills because a lot of people were demanding it. I do want to say I love the Real Houses Potomac reunion. I thought they all looked amazing. I'll give a few thoughts here. But don't yell at me if I don't recap because uh, in all of history, I don't normally recap the reunions. Uh, but I, I guess I'll give you a few thoughts that I had. I love the reunion. Love that Giselle and Karen are now just openly admitting that they're the best on the show. And they uh, do it all for the camera, basically. That's what Karen was saying when she was saying that Giselle and I go after each other, she said to Candace. Because the whole uh, Potomac reunion was all about Candace. They were talking about Candace and how she says things that are below the belt. And Wendy's next to Andy. you know, she got the hot seat next to Andy. And Wendy was going hard at everyone. And I love me some Dr. Wendy. And I think Dr. Wendy had a breakout season. I loved her first season, but I thought Dr. Wendy really stepped up her game and gave it to us this year. And so I am I thought it was a thrilling reunion. And the idea that Nicki Minaj is coming on soon, they had Andy on the first part telling all the women, like, oh, Nicki wanted to send a video. And then they showed us the blurriest fucking cell phone video I've ever seen. I was like, did they film that on a Razor from 2004? Because that cell phone video that they showed – I know they were trying to trick everybody. I just feel like they could have tricked everybody with a clearer picture because I thought, what phone was she filming that from? Was it just my copy of the episode that was like really blurry? Maybe because I watched online or something, it was like a blurry cell phone video. But I've never seen such a blurry, especially in two thousand one. Now everything's on Zoom and phones are quick now. Phones take good video. And here they were showing this video of Nicki Minaj. I was like, that is a Razor phone, cell phone or something. Or one of those phones with the, the game Snake on it. Remember that game, Snake? They had those on the phone. I remember that my very first cell phone had the game Snake on it. And I miss it. I miss that game. That f- game was just a line that went and hit a dot. And that was honestly great video games to me. Uh, What else happened? So Oh, so Nikki's coming in the fourth part, but they tell all the women like, oh, she wished she could be here, but she couldn't. And they're all like, oh, bummer, but what a nice thing that she said in a video. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, uh-oh, they don't even know what's coming. They don't even know what's going to hit them. Uh, and then what else happened? They all look stunning, beautiful. We talk about the Jamal and Giselle of it all. And it really did make sense. Andy said, oh, I get it now. Because you had to raise your daughters as a single mother, you put up this wall and this defense mechanism. And that's how you dealt with it, and that's why you don't want to share so much. And I actually – it totally all clicked for me with Giselle in that moment. However, I do think that you still need to share if you're on a reality TV show. I get what they're saying about Giselle. But if you're going to be on this reality TV show, I'm going to need you to share all of your life with us. I just need it all. So uh, that's something I would like to say. Go, see going forward. Robin, there wasn't much with Robin. They brought Escala out and they didn't even really seem to have anything for Escala. They were like, oh, people wrote in that you look good. And Escala does know how to dress. And Karen Huger was on this podcast. She said Escala had the best style. And I would love to see more of Escala style, but it just, it was so strange to me that they brought Escala out just because she seemed to me not much of a focus of this reunion. And I wonder if they're going to bring her, maybe that means they're bringing her back next season as a friend I'd like to learn more. It just seems strange to me that we have her and we brought her out. She didn't even really get a segment. They were just like, Oh, we're gonna bring her out. And then that was it. It was odd to me. Uh but I'm I'm excited though. The whole thing we learned about Jamal, the calendar of when Giselle and Jamal left with each other, and Giselle was trying to cover it up, but she couldn't. They asked about the binder. They brought up that Monique's binder from last season. I don't know that was the real house of Potomac Reunion. I'm gonna keep watching, I'm gonna love it. I can't wait to hear more about the Chris of it all. It seems like me and Wendy have a lot of uh, underlying issues that I think need to be worked out. So we're going to keep tuning in and I can't wait. I'm loving Potomac this season. I thought they delivered. I don't think it was as good as last season or the season before, but I still think it was, uh, especially for a COVID year. I think Potomac really, they stepped up the game. They gave us a lot for a COVID season and we, we got to celebrate them because Just love my Potomac Girls. And I hope the cast stays the same. This is the one franchise, I will say, that I don't really want a lot of changes from. I like the cast as it is. And sometimes I love Jersey, but I almost worry about Jersey keeping the same cast for so long. Again, I love it. But I'm worried about the upcoming Jersey season, although I've heard some really good things about it. I just get worried that we're keeping the same cast too long. Sometimes I think we need to keep some freshness in there. But Potomac is one where I'm like, oh, we need to keep them around forever. I love them all. Maybe just keep adding people. I don't know if that's the right answer, but we'll see. Uh, You guys, that's the episode. That's uh, this week's Everything Iconic. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Listen to the holiday podcast if you want some holiday cheer. It's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. You can also pre-order my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? Links are in the episode description. Thank you all so much for listening. I have a fun couple of guests coming on the show uh, this week. So tune in to Everything Iconic. Subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. If you listen on Apple, Spotify, wherever, be sure to click the subscribe or follow button so that you get all new episodes of Everything Iconic. It also really helps me a lot, too. So if you hit that subscribe or follow button, uh, it really helps the show. So thank you to all of you who do that. Uh, and what else? We should do our cheesy little cool down. Take a moment to just breathe because we all can use it, especially after this thrilling week of Bravo Television. So take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another big old deep breath in. Let's hold it. Let's hold it, people. Let's hold it. Breathe out. Uh, going forward, you know, we don't have Potomac or we don't have Beverly Hills anymore. Potomac is in its reunion phase. So I have some fun interviews coming on the show that I'm very excited about. And I think as we continue Salt Lake City's recaps, we're gonna be adding in some interview episodes and some other kind of episodes, which I'm super excited about. So I hope you guys enjoy. And then we'll also be dipping in a little bit with the interpump rules, a little bit with Winter House. Uh, and we'll continue with Salt Lake City. But I just want to let you guys know that's going to be the schedule going forward through the end of the year. Then we'll have uh, Orange County coming soon. We'll have Jersey coming up in the new year. And Beverly Hills is filming. Atlanta's filming. So we got a lot on the horizon. Uh, but I love you all so much for listening and supporting the show. And uh, have a great day. Bye-bye.